0: Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of your Circle of Influence podcast. I'm your co host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker. And we are so excited
1: that you're here with us today to talk about one of my favorite things.
0: Listen, there are some episodes where we are both running off at the mouth and then there are some episodes where Amy's like, take it away and I'll ask some questions and (laughs) I'll stand in as the audience so that I can interview you on some things. Today, it's the other way around. Today, I get to ask Amy some questions because I have built my business very much as a solo practice and the pieces where I have teams are more so like vendors and subcontractors and so yeah. forth more so than business partners or employees and so I defer to Amy's vast knowledge in this in this uh, arena of how to have hire how to have better hires because part of it is not just the hiring process it's also the onboarding and the training process and the communication yep. as you handle projects and so forth and so I'm like okay let's all of us you, the audience, and myself, we're just going to sit at the feet of the master, darling, and we're going to ask some questions because Amy, Amy is just such an expert on this. So Amy, what do you got to say? How are you going to start us off in this conversation?
1: Uh, okay, so I'm going to start off by saying that I am actually not the best hirer on my team. Okay. And so uh, hiring is a really specific skill, and there is a talent involved with having that um, gut level knowledge of who's going to be the best person. Mm-hmm. But there are processes that I have built that have allowed me to find somebody who hires better than me.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and so I want to kind of go through the processes of, of how we find. Um, and then I want to go through some things that we do really differently from what I think other people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can just ask questions along the way too. Does that okay. sound good?
0: Yeah. Okay. Perfect.
1: So, the the heart of us being good at hiring is actually having really clearly defined core values, a really clearly defined vision, and a really um intentionally created corporate culture. Mm-hmm. Because the reason why I, I've mentioned this before, but I believe in the law of equal effort, which is you're going to put effort in somewhere. Yeah. And you get to choose where you put that effort. So I don't like Uh, bickering, gossiping, power struggles, inner office politics, uh, firing people, disciplining people. I don't like that side of leadership. Mm -hmm. So I put my time into the front end, which is creating a really great environment for people to work in and finding the people who have the right skill set and they fit the culture so that they come in and they do really well. And if they're not a fit, we'll shake them out in the first couple of weeks. weeks. Um, and if they and, and also it's it's not like people feel stuck here, you know, like uh-huh. when people are ready to move on, I am excited for them to move on to what comes next. And so it's not like people are uh, in they're they're not bitter in their positions and we just don't have a lot of people problems we have some people problems because if you have people you have some people problems yeah right right (laughs) that just is gonna happen um but we have a lot of processes in place to help things be as good as possible as much of the time as possible okay so core values vision corporate culture all of that is the foundation The next thing that we do, and this is something that is really different than what most businesses do, is we want to be able to pay people well. Mm -hmm. And what that means is we pay people well for the markets that we hire in, and we hire in different markets to make it affordable. Yeah. So there are some uh, states in the U.S. that we can't really afford to hire in because we can't pay a good wage for those states. We can't really afford to hire in California. We can't really afford to hire in New York, but the amount of money that we can pay is great pay for the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It's great pay for the South. It's great pay for Texas. And so we hire, and, and this is the thing about our, our business, because it is virtual. Um, we can hire in the places where we can pay a good wage. And I don't post the job in the places where I'm like, oh, man, I would feel bad asking someone to work for that. Because I know how crazy rent is in those places. Yeah. So um, if you're not a virtual business, you can't do that part of it. Okay. If you, you have people that you need to be in-house, they're going to have to be in-house and you're going to have to pay the best wage that you can for that area. Now, on the flip side of that, though, you also have the international hiring market where, again, I pay a great wage for where I'm hiring, Mm -hmm. but it's like significantly less than what we're hiring here. So I love hiring the Philippines. Uh, we have a lot of our team members based are based out of the Philippines and teachers and nurses in the Philippines make $3 an hour. And, uh, most people that are working in offices are working for us based businesses and call centers are making more like five to $6 an hour. Mm-hmm. Our lowest paid employees in the Philippines make $6 an hour. And we go up from there. And even the ones who make six have bonus structures yeah. so that they can end up making more money than they can make somewhere else. Yeah. So by us taking portions of every job and out sourcing portions into the philippines it allows us to be able to pay the u.s based people well mm-hmm. before we started the strategy i felt like i was either always understaffed didn't have enough help or i felt like i was always trying to figure out what was the least amount i could pay because let's be honest and i know that that that's gonna enrage employees okay but they don't understand on the flip side of that That I wasn't making a lot of money at the time, right? Like I was a small business owner and my expenses. Yeah. And my income, it's not like I was a millionaire making tons of money. I was like, how do I get this business off the ground? How do I get the help that I need? And there have been times over the years when I've paid everybody else's payroll and not paid myself. And mm-hmm. that has happened multiple times. And for the vast majority of small business owners that have teams, that's the case. Yeah. They're going to pay you before they pay themselves. They pay themselves. So right. this this is a strategy that's not about... it's always interesting. I get people who are like, I can't believe you're taking jobs away from the USA. I'm like, no, I'm creating more jobs in the USA than I had before. Mm -hmm. And I'm paying more than I was before. And I'm also um, just as an issue, I had a humanitarian that reached out to me recently, because she knows I hire so much in the Philippines. And she said, here's something that's going on that I want your feedback on um, women are leaving the Philippines to go to Hong Kong. And these are people who are well-trained, well-educated, and they're going into like the hospitality housekeeping industry. They're basically living like slaves. They're oftentimes facing sexual abuse. Um, they're oftentimes sleeping on the floor and they don't have a way to be able to get back home because there's no jobs. And I was like, you're Mm. kidding. Mm -hmm. So this is who we're creating great jobs for, right? Like moms not having to leave their families. So to me, I, I view this as a win all around because it allows you to be able to get more help in your business so you can create more sales, so you can create more jobs and everybody is getting paid well for the market in which they work. So I love this strategy. I wish more people would adopt it. I wish more people would do it. And, uh, something I'm hoping we can actually start a foundation around is educating us-based businesses who need that help to then hire, um, because there are, there are nonprofits who are willing to train, um, more people overseas. They just don't know how to get them the jobs here. I'm like, I feel like we could, I feel like this is a fixable problem. I don't have all the answers, but I feel like it's a problem. So, um, that's something that we do differently. Now, when it comes to the interview process, um, and Monica, feel free to interject because, you know, I could talk about this for days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when it comes to the interview process, you need to hire slow um, and slow down that process. Too often we're like, I need some help and I need it right now. And so we take the first person with a pulse and a, um, you know, like positive uh, yeah resume or recommendation or referral or something. And we, we actually need to go through multiple phases of the interview process. So the first interview that I do, I am looking for, are they a skills fit? And are they a culture fit?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: if, it's really easy to tell quickly, like if someone's just not a skill fit, great. The culture fit is the part that's a little bit more important and is a little bit harder. Like, are they going to mesh well with our core values? Are they going to mesh well with our culture? And are they going to work well with the team? Mm-hmm. And so I have questions that I ask that are really designed to see, like, do, are they going to fit with our core values? For example, one of our core values is around collaboration. Um, that uh, it's, it's actually stated That um, personal accountability plus collective collaboration equals an unstoppable team. That's our core. value. Say it again. Say it again. It's um, personal accountability plus collective collaboration equals an unstoppable team. I love it. So I have questions that I ask in the interview. To gauge how well they take accountability, I also have questions to gauge how open they are to collaboration. So um, I got blasted for this on a social media post once, but I I put in there that one of my red flags is if I ask someone to share their ideas during the interview and they won't share ideas and they're like, sorry, I don't give ideas for free. Mm-hmm. That to me is a major red flag because it tells me they struggle with freely collaborating. Maybe they've had their ideas stolen in the past. Maybe they've had bosses who took advantage. I don't know what the backstory is, but I know that they're going to struggle in our collaborative environment where we share ideas right and left. And we're, we're less concerned with who gets credit. We're more concerned with winning together. Uh So um, it wouldn't be a fit. They would, they would struggle in our environment. So I'm, I'm pro for that culture fit really a lot in that first interview. Mm -hmm. And then we come back and we do a skills assessment. So we take our top candidates and we figure out who are the people who are great culture fit and we think they're a great skills fit. And then we test the skills. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm hiring video editors, I'm going to give them each videos to edit and pay them to edit them. But then Mm -hmm. I'm going to hire the one who does the best job on the project. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I can't always do that. Uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes like if I'm hiring somebody that's going to be an admin assistant and I need to make sure that they can learn how to use our CRM, we'll do a working interview where we have them come in and we give them, we show them how to do tasks. And then we have them do the tasks and we watch them do it through screen share. Mm -hmm. And then we see like, how well do they pick up those processes and those nuances? Um, If I'm hiring a salesperson, we're getting on a call and we're doing role play of sales calls. Um, If I'm hiring a business coach, um, I'm going to give them a client case studies. And I'm going to say, what, what would be your strategy for this person? Mm -hmm. Um, What, how would you coach them? How would you work through that? And so whenever possible, I'll pay them for that time. And when it's just a second interview, then it's just a second interview and people have second interviews all the time. They don't get paid for them. So I don't feel I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. Um. That process of hiring more slowly, it it helps me to really understand who this person is. Helps us get to know them a little bit better because this is one of my core beliefs that I am more concerned with the outcome than I am with being right. So everybody can succeed given the right context. I can't create the context for everybody to succeed, but if you come into my business, I am willing to deal with you differently than you. And I'm willing to talk to you differently than I talk to you Mm -hmm. because it's less about me showing up and being like, but this is just who I am. And it's more me going, what does this person need to be successful? Yeah. Um, You know, I have one who really loves like emotional connection, you know, like me taking a minute to write her a note and tell her how much we appreciate and love her goes so far. I have another one who appreciates, um, you know, like, uh, leadership opportunities. So giving her leadership opportunities and a chance to take charge really helps. Mm -hmm. I've got another one. Who's like, I want money bonuses (laughs) really helps. And you know what? They're all equally happy. Yeah. Um, and so figuring out that and taking that time in the beginning to really understand who your people are and how they need to be led and making sure that you're you're passing this skill on to your managers because I don't not everyone in the team directly reports to me. Mm -hmm. Um, A big portion of the team, how they hear from me is once a week when I go in and I do celebrations and shout outs for all the good work that I'm hearing about. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I announce who's the team member of the month and when we do our semi-annual coordination calls, there's a big part of the team that that's where they see me and they're not interfacing with me on a regular basis. And um, so I, I get to create those systems and processes so that then I can pass them on to other people. Um, and it's been, gosh, I, I think at the beginning of this year, Monica, we probably had 10 people on the team and uh, we're ending the year closer to 30. Mm -hmm. So we've grown a lot this year. And one of the things that I'm like, wowza is that the, it held up like what we were doing with 10 held up with 30 and and it's working and it doesn't require me to be the one who's moving it all forward. So that's a,
0: that's a, that's a testament to the sustainability of your processes too, because it's like, you have to reinvent the wheel. Every time you get to a next level, it wasn't a wheel. Yeah. And there great. was part of me that was like, is this a wheel or is just a <laughs> right. hypothesis that I think is a wheel? <laughs> you know? So yes, to yes. see it like roll, I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, we got you, something. You said something that I think is very important. Uh, and that is to get clear on what is a good way to compensate and to incentivize whoever's on your team because mm-hmm. it's kind of like the you know how we have the five love languages right and some people love words of affirmation and they love being publicly recognized and then there are some others that's like no can i just gotta check <laughs> yeah. um, i'll say those are the gifts people right so um, the monetary uh, reward is what what incentivizes them right and then there are some folks that's like no i want to grow and uh, uh, the promotion the the increased responsibility yeah. and so forth and so for those folks um, quality time probably is, is their is their love language. And so when you understand what incentivizes and motivates the people that are on your team or the people that you would like to have on your team, then you can yeah. design a hiring process and an onboarding and a training and a, um, you know, mobility and, and promotion process that um, mm-hmm. allows people to feel like they're being celebrated where they want to be celebrated and where they you're using their gifts and um- skills.
1: One thing that I'll add to this is you do all of it for everybody and you watch. It's like, you know, like the sunflower orienting itself towards the sun. Yeah. It's like you have all the things available and the person just goes, that's my thing. Yes, And you're like, I see you. I got yeah. it. And yeah. so it's not as hard as it sounds to give people what they need. You create an emotionally healthy growth environment where people feel appreciated. Um, and then you watch where people will start to turn towards and you, um, apologize when you're wrong and you claim your weakness and you try to do better when you show up in the less great version of yourself. Cause there are people on my team who have seen me show up in the less great version of myself. Um, yeah. but the reason why they've stuck with me is because I don't, I don't fight for my rightness when I'm showing up in my weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can work through those things. So the good people processes, it's not going to diminish the people problems, but the good people processes makes it so you move through the problems and you come together more loyal and more strong on the other side.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. I told you, I told y'all I was going to stand in and be an interviewer for you. I told you that you got the (laughs) nuggets, got the nuggets. Thank you, Amy, for uh, all of those nuggets that you dropped on us, all the wisdom. And I would love to hear, we both would love to hear your comments, your questions, your challenges, your feedback as to what we shared today and in any other episode. Feel free to leave us a comment down below. And of course, as always, reach out to us. We're on Instagram, uh, Amy Walker, coach for Amy and Monica Ogando for myself. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We so appreciate you. See you next time. Bye.